0: Yesterday morning, we got as far as the gift of faith. We will move on to the gift of healings. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. It is no good expecting to understand gifts and expecting to understand the epistles without you having the Holy Ghost. The Gospels are the ministry of a present tense power of God to manifest He was the Son of God. The acts of the apostles were especially made because people came into the Acts and acted, and thus the Acts of the Apostles were written. And the Acts of the Apostles had never been completed. They are still in the Acts, the order. All the epistles are written to a baptized people, and not to the unregenerated. They are written to those who have grown into a maturity as a manifestation of the Christ of God. And it is the Christ of God within the body which is baptized for revelation and service, and all the adaptability that God shall bring. Don't jump into the epistles before you have come in at the gate of the baptism of the Spirit. I believe that this teaching God is helping me to bring before you will move you on to become restless and discontented on every line till God has finished with you and brought you into the baptism of the Spirit in order that you may understand all the will of God. You must remember that the Holy Ghost is the operator of all the languages in the epistles, and that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost to be the operator, and the word given by the Spirit. Jesus said in John 14.10, The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost to understand what the Holy Ghost said by Jesus, and what the Holy Ghost means by the manifestation of these wonderful utterances that came to Jesus and were written down. And always remember that they spake and wrote as they were filled with the Holy Ghost. If we want to know the mind of God through the epistles and the truth, there is nothing else to bring the truth but the revelation which is the Spirit Himself. He giveth utterances. He opens the door. He gave the word, and the word was Jesus. Suppose we just see the differences between the Holy Ghost order in gifts and the order of Jesus in gifts. You will find they are not alike on any line. Jesus had already made the apostles before he went up. If you read Ephesians 4, you get a very wonderful truth that Jesus went up on high and gave gifts unto men, and he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. If you compare those gifts alongside the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you will see they are all different. So Jesus is still going on with His great work of making apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. You will find the Holy Ghost when He comes in the body goes on with the great gifts, what we have been manifesting and declaring on to you in these last days. We come again onto a new plane to follow up the gifts of the Spirit. I am positive if we only had time it would pay us well to go into the gift we were dealing with yesterday morning, the gift of faith, because it is very needy. I have heard so many this morning stand up on the line of desiring prayer for this, that and the other. If you dared, it was yours to believe and have. How short you are coming when you are so much dependent upon everybody helping you out. If I can only move upon you, disturb you from your ruts and fixed positions, and get you into a place of helping yourself to the best. Then if you have anything over, help other people with it. Don't live in a poverty state when we are all around, in and out, upside down, pressed out beyond measure with the rarest gems of the latest word from God. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. There is the authority of God's word. And remember the authority of God's word is Jesus. And these are the utterances by the Spirit of Jesus to us this morning. I'm not chastising you. God forbid I should come with a whip. I come to you with a great inward desire for you to wake up to your great possibilities, for your responsibilities will be great, but not as great as your possibilities. You will always find that God is overabundance on every line he touched for you. And God wants you to come into mind and thought with them this morning, so you are not straightened in yourself. Be enlarged in God. Tongues and Interpretation It is that which God hath chosen for us, which is mightier than we. It is that which is bottomless, higher than the heights, more lovely than all beside. And God in a measure presses you out to believe all things, that you may endure all things, and lay hold of eternal life, to the power of the spirit. Oh, there is a place to lay hold of eternal life. There is a place where you would not think of anything less than laying hold of something greater. God wants us to see these things. We must come to a place of laughing at impossibilities and crying, "It shall be done." We will go on to this gift of healings. It is a wonderful gift. He says it is the gifts of healing. There's a great deal of difference between having a gift of healing and gifts of healing. There isn't anything special that God wants you to have specialty on, but he wants you to have a specialty on everything, not to come behind in anything. Nothing but the Holy Ghost can so bring into your mind words, because these words Paul gave that you may not come behind. I like words like this, illuminating. I like the word perpetual, something always flowing. I like the word rapture, something that makes me know I shall go, I cannot stop. I like resurrection, something that moves in me, a power greater than myself. And all these divine words uttered by the Spirit are for me to lay hold of, to bring into prominence, to have as mine, to live in them, move and act in them by the power of the Spirit. So I like this word, gifts of healing, to have the accomplishment of these gifts I must bring myself to a conformity to the mind and will of God in purpose. It would be impossible to have gifts of healing without you possessing that blessed fruit of long-suffering. You will find these gifts run parallel with that, which would bring them into operation without a leak. How will it be possible to be able to minister the gifts of healing considering the peculiarities there are in the assemblies and the many evil powers of Satan which confront us and possess bodies? And how shall we be able to dislodge them unless we have that which shall bring into purpose with God? The man that is going to go right through with God on the gifts of healing will have to be a man of long-suffering. What is long-suffering? That which always has a word of comfort. If the one who is in distress and helpless doesn't see everything eye to eye and doesn't get all they want, long-suffering will still bear and forbear. Long-suffering is a place Jesus lived in and moved in. He was filled with this compassion, and God will never be able to move us to the line of the needy one till we reach that place. Sometimes you would almost think, by my acting with the sick, that I was rough, by the way I went about my business that I was unloving. But oh, my dear friends, you have no idea what I see behind the whole thing. I'm not dealing with the person, but I see the satanic forces there binding. I am dealing with that. As far as the person goes, my heart is full of love and compassion to all, and I fail to see how you will ever reach a place where God will be able definitely to use you, till you get mad at the devil. One day a pet dog followed a lady out of her house and ran all around her feet. She said to this dog, My dear, I cannot have you with me today. The dog wrapped its tail around and made such a fuss. Go home, my dear. But it didn't go. At last she shouted roughly, Go home! And off it went. Some people play with the devil like that. Poor thing. The devil can stand all the comfort anybody in the world could. Cast him out. You aren't dealing with the person. You are dealing with the devil. Come out, you demons. They must come out in the name of the Lord. You will always be right when you dare to take sickness as the devil and you'll always be near the mark if you treat it as a sin. Let Pentecostal people wake up to see that getting sick is caused by some misconduct. There is something wrong. There is some neglect somewhere. There's a place where Satan has had a chance to get in. And if we wake up to the real facts of it, we will get ashamed to say we are sick because people will see we have been sinning. Then there will be a change all around. Beloved, There must be something that comes to us on a real spiritual basis that we can build upon. I'm here to speak as the oracles of God and to show you the way out because you have been in long enough. Gifts of healing are so varied in all its branches that you will find the gift of the sermon is a very natural gift on the lines of healings. Jesus had that. In fact, Jesus had all the gifts. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. We have need to couple up with the baptism of the Spirit. The 8th verse of Acts 1, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We must not fail to recognize those two things joined together. If you come into the fullness of the Spirit, you must come into a regenerative power, that which is always transforming and bringing us into line with the highest thought that God has for you. Beloved, I have seen so many different things on the lines of healing that have made me see that it is very important we should have these gifts within us. In order to make you understand how I am hungry for you to receive the Holy Ghost, I said on this, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to us that we may profit with all. I can see a clear line of the fullness of the Spirit to bring me all the time into a place where I may be without a gift, just full up and ready for action. Only the Scriptures definitely tells every believer on this line to... Covet earnestly the best gifts. So, it is unscriptural for me to say, this morning, that you are better with a fullness of the Holy Ghost than you are better with a fullness of the Holy Ghost and gifts. It would certainly be better to be filled with the Holy Ghost and have the gifts than only being filled with the Holy Ghost and dependent upon unction. You must never treat a cancer case on any less conditions than a living evil spirit which is always destroying the body. It is one of the worst things I know. I cannot say the devil has anything good. Everything the devil has is bad, either in small or large, but I want you to see how it is necessary that you cast it out. Among the first people I met in Victoria Hall was a woman who had a cancer in the breast. As soon as the cancer was cursed, it stopped bleeding because it was dead. The next thing that happened, the natural body pressed it out, because the natural body has no room for a dead matter. When it came out, it was like a great big ball with tens of thousands of fibers. All these fibers press into the flesh. When the person with the cancer keeps going like that, the evil power is getting further hold of the system. The moment it is destroyed, that ceases to go on. Jesus said, I will give you power to loose and power to bind. We must not read anything in the scripture, but what is there? and we must not take anything out of the scripture that is there. And when the scripture says, I will give you power to bind and power to loose, we must get into the mind of God to know what it is to bind and what it is to loose. It all comes on a line of these gifts of healing. I take you to another case. There is a person with a broken leg, and it is always going bad. It goes so bad it begins to decay. Not only the flesh, but the bone. What can you do with a thing like that? It is a clear manifestation of a corrupted condition which has entered into the human system and is destroying it. They give it a hundred different names, all these things. In a case like this, your hands are needed. If you can lay your hands on a thing like this in the name of Jesus, the mighty power which God has given us to transmit in these things, you will find corruption will cease and life Will come. Another case. There is a person that comes to you with a diseased mind, incapable. Satanic force has laid hold of the members of the mind. Satan plays on the mind like that on many people. There are many people not in asylums where Satan has a great deal of power with minds like that. Beloved, God wants you to be free. I will tell you what freedom is. Not a person in this place, in the fullness of the Spirit, with a clear knowledge of redemption, should know He has a body. You ought to be able to eat and sleep, to think, to digest all your food, and nothing should in any way hurt you. You ought to be a living epistle of God's thoughts and mind, walking up and down the world without a pain. That is redemption, and anything less than that is not redemption. Don't run away with a wrong idea. If you know you have a body this morning, you are not in redemption. I mean, you are not in the fullness of redemption. And God would bring us into perfect line with His will that we may know the fullness of His redemption. If you have a corn on your feet, you are not in redemption. Don't forget what I have told you, because if you do, you will only be trying to get your boot pressed out where the corn is. Get your corn out, and you can get in ordinary shoes. If we come short of the fullness of the gospel, we are preaching a bastard thing. To be fully in the will of God, the perfectness of redemption, we should not have a pain in any way, and we have to be without spot in every way, God's children full of activity and truth. I have had some experience in this, when I was weak and helpless, and they were looking for me to die. It was in that straitened place I saw the fullness of redemption, and I read and re-read the 91st Psalm, and claimed long life. With long life, Will I satisfy him? What beside? And shew him my salvation, which is greater than long life. The salvation of God is deliverance from everything. And here I am. At twenty-five to thirty, they were looking for me to die. Now at sixty-three, I am young. So there is something in this truth I am preaching, more than just being fascinated with something. You have to become part and parcel of this wonderful thing of the redemption. There isn't a thing in your body to rise up in any way but what you can say, Be still and come out. For God hath not designed us for anything else than to be first fruits, sons of God with power over all the power of the enemy, living in the world, not of it, but over it. For instance, we will take a diseased mind, A person that is possessed comes on the gifts of healing. These things are innumerable, yet God gets us there over all the powers of the enemy. If you wish to be for God, you won't have to say, Come out, and then say, Come out, again and again. If you say it once right, it comes out. Then we have to be careful who says it, because the man can say it. We must understand that the Spirit will say it. The devil always had a good time in the middle of the night and tried to make me have a bad time, he always made a mistake. These demons used to come at me with open mouth and try to bite me and do all sorts of things. The only thing that was helpful for that time was to bind it, destroy it, and rest because it was done. I always lived to see the day. Sometimes the devil used to play his game. I remember taking one of these men out one day for a walk. We were going through a thickly crowded place, and this man got upstreperous. I squared him up and the devil came out of him. Sometimes we are not careful. I wasn't careful in the open street, and cast him out, and commanded the man to go square. These demons came on and fixed me in the street, so I couldn't move. This satanic, evil man I had with me was having a good laugh at me there. Sometimes I am ministering on a platform, and if I am not careful, the demons fix me, and the people think I am casting out demons out of the people. All the time I am getting them out of myself. In that open road I shouted, In the name of Jesus, come out you evil spirits. And they were all out in a moment. And I walked on. The people couldn't understand. How could they? But I understood. It is sufficient for one to understand it. You don't want all the world to know it. That man that had that difficulty for so long is now preaching and is one of the finest men we have. But, beloved, it required someone to bind the strong man. I don't want you to rush in and go away and be lopsided, because many people do that. I want you to be sure of your ground, and be sure it is not you, but a mightier power than you destroying the powers of the devil. God has us here this morning teaching us, and he wants us to have these equipments, that we will be ready when the time comes. And I was going to say, be careful. There won't be time to be careful, but there will be time to act in the Spirit, and God will be greater than you to do it. If you take the Word of God, Jesus never says, you do this, you do that, or the other. But he always emphasizes this, the Spirit of the Lord in me is greater. Take your position from the first epistle of John and say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, not you. But greater is He that is in you to do these things. If you think it is you, you make a great mistake. It is you being filled with Him. It is He acting in the place of you. It is your body becoming the temple of the Spirit. It is your mouth, your thought, and your all becoming exercised or worked out by the Spirit. A child was brought to me who had fits all its life. There are many of these cases all over the world. This poor thing was disarranged in everything, and there is nothing that suits me better than seeing the audacity of the devil throwing these people down in front of me. That is my day. This child got to be a big boy. Just after I prayed, the demon came and prostrated the boy and he foamed. In the name of Jesus, I choked the devil out of the child, and he hasn't had fits since that day. I don't know how many times that has happened. In Norway, We had a place seating 1,500 people. When we got to this place, it was so packed, hundreds trying to get in. There were policemen there. I thought, the first thing that I will do is preach to the people outside and then go in. First of all, I addressed the policemen, saying, You see this condition? I've come with a message to help everybody. It hurts me very much to find that there are as many people outside as inside, and I must preach to the people. But I want the promise of you police officials that you will get squared up with the men of this place and give us the marketplace tomorrow. And after I preached, I turned to the officers. Will you do it? They put their hands up. They would do it. But there was something far greater than that for us. It was a beautiful day in April. The sun shone all the day. There was a big stand in the woods, in the great park, about ten feet high. Thousands of people gathered around. After the preaching, we had wonderful cases of healing. One man came one hundred miles bringing his food with him. He hadn't been passing anything through his stomach for over a month, there being a great cancer on his stomach. He was healed in the meeting and opening his handkerchief began eating before all the people. Then there was a young woman who came with a stiff hand. Oh, if I could only shake the people through these days and get the fathers and mothers to get away from this human sympathy that is destroying and killing so many. Instead of the mother making that child use the arm, just like the woman that was bowed together with a spirit of infirmity, every time the child moved the arm, the devil disturbed it till it was painful, and she allowed it to remain dormant till it was stiff. She stood before me. In the name of Jesus, I cursed the spirit of infirmity, and it was instantly cast out, and the arm was free. Then she it all over, saying, My father is the chief of police. I've been bound since I was a girl. At the close of that meeting, what did the devil do but lay out two people with fits? That was my day. I jumped down, and if I didn't shake the devil out of those two, they would say, Oh, isn't he rough? But when they saw these afflicted stand up and thank and praise God, Oh, that was the time. Oh, brother. We must wake up, stretch ourselves out to believe God. Before God could bring me to this place, He has broken me a thousand times. I have wept. I have groaned. I have travailed night through and night through till God broke me. It seems to me till God has mowed you down, you never have this long suffering for others. I have never seen in my life anything definitely accomplished only in that divine personality. Which God gives you to stand when you are commanded to stand, believing God. Talk about books. If I could write down what I've seen, I should have a book you couldn't carry. But I'm not in for that. I don't know what God will do, but up till now, God has never shown me that thing. At Cardiff, where I was, the Lord healed a woman right in the meeting. She was filled with ulceration, and while they were singing, she fell full length and cried in such a way it seemed to me something must be done. I got down alongside the woman and, in the name of Jesus, laid my hands over the body, and instantly the powers of the devil were cast out, and she was cleaned up from ulceration in two minutes. She rose up and joined in singing the hymn. People knew what kind of a condition she was in. Then I was in a place where this woman came, saying to me, Oh, I must declare this. Have you no tracts? I have been so wonderfully healed, I must declare it. Yes, I said. I have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you will never see anything like it. The authority of all healing, the divine light in every line, the truth for everybody. Have you got it? I believe we must have it. This is the book. There is no other book. May God help us to see that we are in the land of plenty, flowing with milk and honey. There is no dry place. Everything is well furnished. You may sit and eat now and have plenty. Beloved, in the name of Jesus, there is such a feast in the word of God. It takes me all the time to satisfy myself. It seems the more I get, the more thirsty I am. Oh, the word of the living God. This is a multiplication table. It seems to me there is no end to this thing. There is absolutely no end to gifts. We will come to the next. To another, the working of miracles. First was long-suffering, now we've come on to the line of gentleness. We have been seeing wonderful miracles in the last days, and there are only a little of what we are going to see. We are going to see. Nay verily, when I say going, I don't want to throw something out ten years to come, neither two years. I believe we are in the going right on the threshold of wonderful things. I believe that God wants to tell you this morning the difference between healings and miracles. There is a great difference, but the same power does the lot. And so if I would begin to do the right thing, I should begin again emphasizing the power of the Holy Ghost. And you must not think, under any circumstances, that these gifts fall upon you just like ripe cherries. You pay a price for everything you get. There is nothing worth to you that you haven't paid for. The boy never values what his father gives him so much as he venues that which he makes himself. Beloved, the father's love is greater than the boy has any idea, so God is greater to us in all his love on these lines, and he will help us when he sees we are willing to go through. I'm glad you sung that song that you are willing to go through. A miracle is that which is wrought in the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember being at Antwerp, Brussels, round about Belgium. The power of the Lord was very mighty upon me there. Coming through to London, I stopped at a place where I called on some friends. To show you the leading of God, as soon as I got to this place, I found a man and wife in the baptism. They said to me, Oh, God sent you. How much we need you. He is sending me. I replied to lots of places I just get there at the right time yes you are at the right time this was a miracle that I was to see glorified by the power of God this miracle is different from anything else on the line of healing as soon as I got to this place this man and his wife sent a wire to the place where this miracle was needed there I found a young man about 26 years old he had been in bed 18 years His body was so much bigger than an ordinary body because of inactivity, and his legs were like a little child's leg, thin and gristle, but no bone. He had never been able to dress himself. When they got the wire, the father and mother dressed him. When I got there, he was sitting on a chair. This was one of my chances in my life. I said to this young man, What is the greatest desire of your heart? Oh, he said, that I might be filled with the Holy Ghost. So I put my hands upon him, saying, Receive, receive the Holy Ghost. And instantly, he became drunk with the Spirit, fell off the chair like a great big bag of potatoes. I saw what God can do with a helpless man. First his head began shaking terrifically, then his back began moving very fast, and then his legs. My word, you ought to have seen those legs going faster than if they had been touched with machinery, just like being in a battery. Then he spoke clearly in tongues, and we went and praised the Lord. His legs were still as they were before by appearances, and this is where I missed it. I missed it many a time. These missing sometimes are God's importunities for you. You will find that God will teach you by your weaknesses that which is not faith. It wasn't faith for me to look at that body, but human. The man that is going to work the works of God will never look at situations. There is a perfect redemption, and everything is complete in Jesus. I looked at the boy and saw there was absolutely no help. I turned to the Lord, saying, Lord, tell me what to do. And he did. Command him to walk in my name. This is where I missed it. I looked at his conditions, and I got the man to help me to lift him up, to see if his legs were strong. We did our best, but he and I together couldn't lift him, and we couldn't move him. Then the Lord showed me my mistake, and I said, God forgive, God forgive. I got right down to repentance, saying to the Lord, Please tell me again. God is so good. He never leaves you. He is the most loving Father that ever could be in the world. Again he said to me, Command him in my name to walk. And I shouted, Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Did he do it? no i declare he never walked what did he do he was lifted up by the power of god in a moment and he ran my word if you could have seen him run the door was wide open he ran out across the road into a field where he ran up and down and came back running as though god ever does anything on small lines oh it was a miracle praise god forever there are miracles to be performed And these miracles and all the powers of God will be accomplished by us when we understand the perfect plan of His spiritual graces which come right down the line to us. Hear the scriptures, for they are filled with unction. The word of wisdom is associated with the love of God. The open door into the scriptures by the word of knowledge will always bring the joy of the fruit of the Spirit. You will find faith connected up with the fruit of the Spirit. Wherever men are living in faith, they are in peace. The gift of healings is long-suffering. Miracles will be accomplished and continue to be accomplished as we enter into the spiritual truth of the Word of God. Oh, how beautiful, how lovely! Will God fail to carry us forth further into the gifts? Will there be any limit to the open door as we look into the perfect law of liberty? Shall we fail God if we understand the way of the Spirit? Isn't the scriptures given for perfected instructions that we may know the way of the Lord and the power and the mind of God? All these things will come to us when we have come to a place of surrender, of brokenness, of wholehearted yieldness where we cease, but God has come to increase where we are not because God has taken us and where we dwell and live in Him. Will you this morning allow Him to be the choice of your life? the choice of your thoughts, the choice of your acts? Will you submit to Him, the God of all grace, that you may be well furnished with faith for every good work, that the mind of the Lord may have free course in you? And run and be glorified, that the heathen shall know, the uttermost parts of the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the deep, when the saints reach an altitude where God reigns and dwells in us. And I ask you this morning, if you need a touch of the Most High, surrender to His perfect will, and He will divinely lead you into a place of perfect rest, where God dwells supreme. Amen.